what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. It's just some things, folks, that ain't fitting to eat. And let me tell you, donkey head and bird poop is one of them. But this is what Israel was reduced down to, and they had to pay a lot for it. And folks, we're in a position in this country today, we're having to pay a lot of money for stuff. And I'm going to say this, it ain't worth a poop. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the sixth chapter of the book of 2 Kings. The sixth chapter of the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. Move down, if you will, to verse 26. 2 Kings 6, verse 26. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor, or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son, that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. And we boiled my son, and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son, that we may eat him. And she has hid her son. I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, Eating Our Children. I know the title of this message is shocking today, and some of the things that I will say today will be shocking, but it is a subject that has to be addressed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before Your throne of grace today, and I thank You for this opportunity to stand before the people and to minister Your Word. Lord, I thank you for every person that's under the sound of my voice right now, whether they be in this service, listening in the parking lot, listening by radio, wherever that may be, by podcast, by CD. Lord, I thank you for the platform you have given. Lord, I ask this morning for your anointing. Lord, I ask that... You anoint me today to rightly divide the word of truth. Lord, may your word go forth today and accomplish that for which you would have it. May we hit the target today. Lord, may the eyes of your people be open. Lord, may the pieces fall where they will. But Lord, I pray today that we'll all be drawn a little closer to you in some way. And I'll ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Eight years prior to these horrible events that I've just read to you, 
over in 1 Kings chapter 20. We read about during the reign of King Ahab how that Benadad, king of Syria, attacked Israel. The Bible says in 1 Kings 20, verse 27, that the children of Israel were like two little flocks of kids against such a great army of the Syrians. And in verse 29, the Bible says that when the battle was joined, God helped them to slay a hundred thousand Syrians in one day. And you think of that. God helped His people to win that battle against Benadad. But Benadad got away. His army was totally destroyed, but he got away. His power and strength was all gone in one day. Just as God helped Israel that day so long ago, in one day, there was a day when God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to take up a cross. And when He went to that cross, He destroyed the power of sin, although sin still exists today. He destroyed that power for all of those who will believe in what He did at Calvary's cross. Benadad had no more military power, but he still had the power of suggestion. Follow me. His military power was totally destroyed because of what God did. But his power of suggestion was still there. He had no defenses. He had no army. He knew that there was nothing to keep Ahab from coming in now and completely taking over. And he knew he had to do something in order to survive, in order to exist. So he dressed himself up in garments of humility. And he went before Ahab, begging for his life. And Ahab invited this man up into his chariot. He gave place to the enemy. He should have killed him because God had appointed Benadad to total destruction, the Bible says. But Ahab was deceived by the outward appearance of this man. He gave place to Benadad, and Benadad got up into Ahab's chariot. And when he opened up that door and allowed a place for Benadad, Benadad began to suggest. He said, if you will spare my life, I will restore unto you one of the cities that my father has taken. And Ahab could not resist he could have very easily killed Benadad. It all would have been over with and just took the city back anyway. But instead, he gave ear to that which God had appointed to total destruction. The Bible says that he spared Benadad and let him go. He could not resist the proposal. 
He could not resist the benefits of having this city back. He cared more about the benefits of having this city back than what God said in His Word. He let him go. Benadad is a type of the temptations that you and I struggle with on a daily basis. Benadad was stripped of his power, his military power and might. The sin nature that's within all of our lives has been stripped because of what Jesus did at Calvary and the power of the Holy Spirit that's within our hearts and lives. If we'll just listen to the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, that power is destroyed. Oh, but Benadad still has the power of suggestion. The sin nature within our hearts and lives still has that power of suggestion. And we are tempted to do that which is against the Word of God, just like Ahab was tempted. He cared more about the benefits of that city than he did the Word of God because those benefits would satisfy his flesh. Are you getting this? The Bible tells us, Romans 8 Verse 13, if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. Mortify, put to death the deeds of the flesh, which Benadad symbolizes. Benadad, spiritually speaking, within our lives must be put to death. And you can't put it to death with 12-step programs and just merely going to church and reading your Bible and, and putting a little money in the offering plate. It cannot be done that way, my friend. It must be done through and by anchoring your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary's cross. And then that opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to work in your hearts and lives. And that is the only way, my friend, that you are going to overcome and destroy that which God has appointed to utter destruction. Amen. That's it. There is no other way. You cannot make an unholy covenant with sin. You cannot keep giving in to temptations and expect to survive because this book says that if you do such, you will die. Jesus said in Luke 9, verse 23, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? What a great benefit it would have been to Ahab for this city to have been restored. This covenant was made. The promise was made. 
But Benadad never fulfilled on his promise to restore that city. Just as Satan never fulfills on his promises for whatever it is he tells you and promises you. Oh, if you give in to this temptation, it'll be this way. It'll be good. No, it will not, my friend. It will lead to death. Death. No matter what Satan offers you, no matter how great the benefits may seem to be, we must obey God and kill temptations to sin because the end result will be death. Sin and death, they go together. Nash County churches, residents, and surrounding counties, we must stand up against and speak out against this proposed casino that they want to build somewhere in Nash County. It is a sin. I said it is a sin. We're inviting Benadad to come up into the chariot and make a covenant, and he's going to kill us. Oh, but it's going to bring a lot of money. It's going to create a lot of jobs. It's going to destroy. I know what I'm talking about. This covenant that Ahab made with Benadad it only allowed the Syrians to regain their strength. And a short time later, they attacked Israel again and they killed Ahab. It is a lesson for all of us. You cannot get away with sin. You cannot stay on a level with sin. It will destroy you. You must overcome. And the only way to overcome is at the feet of the cross. At the foot of the cross, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ died there and applied the blood to the doorpost of your heart. At the time of our passage today, Benadad is back again. The Bible tells us in verse 24 that Benadad, the king of Syria, gathered all of his host and went up and besieged. Samaria. Samaria was a walled city. When the Syrians surrounded it, Israel didn't have an army big enough to fight. So they locked the gates to keep them out. Sounds like a good idea. We'll lock it up. We'll lock those huge gates to keep the enemy out, and that sounds good. The problem is when they locked those gates, it kept, not only did it keep stuff from coming in, but it kept stuff from going out. It, 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 it created a famine within those four walls of the city. The Bible says in verse 25, 2 Kings 6, verse 25, that there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver. That's $640 in today's inflated economy. And a fourth part of a cab of doves done for five pieces of silver. That's a pint of bird poop for $40. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it was. Let me tell you something. When eating donkey head and bird poop is considered a luxury, my friend, we're in bad shape. And I'm going to upset some people, but I don't care. If you keep voting Democrat, that's exactly where we're going to be at in just a few years' time. Amen. 
Get mad with me, call me whatever you want to call me, but I'm telling you the truth. We cannot continue the policies that this country has been under for the past three to four years. We can't survive, folks. We can't do it. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. If it lines up with the Word of God, vote for them. But if it don't, don't vote for policies that go against this book, ladies and gentlemen. The end result will be death. We're all going to be eating donkey head and, 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 and bird poop. I ain't never eat no donkey head. No bird poop. This preacher started a new church. He had been to several churches before, and every time he started a new church, some of the members in there, they'd bring him something to eat. And he wanted to be nice. He wanted to be cordial. He didn't want to turn them down. But not everybody's cooking is fit to eat. Does, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Not everybody's cooking is fit to eat. And he said, Lord, what in the world am I going to do? I don't want to hurt these folks' feelings. What, what in the world am I going to do? He went out to his shed, got a pair of post hole diggers, dug him a hole in the ground, put him a sign out there, it said, the spot. That's all it said, the spot. And then when church members would give him something that he didn't like, and they say, well, how'd you like them rutabagas I brought you? He'd say, boy, they hit the spot. <laughs> right after Dana and I got married 30 years ago, she cooked some taters, boiled them taters. She fell down with the salt box. Ain't no way in the world to eat them taters. We both had to, we had to throw them away. I throwed them out there in the dog pen. Till this day, the grass will not grow right there in that spot, and that was 30 years ago. That's just some things, folks, that ain't fitting to eat. And let me tell you, donkey head and bird poop is one of them. But this is what Israel was reduced down to, and they had to pay a lot for it. And folks, we're in a position in this country today, we're having to pay a lot of money for stuff. And I'm going to say this, it ain't worth a poop. As many of you know, I'm trying to run a business. I ain't never in my life had as much trouble trying to get parts to build machinery. I get motors and I have to pay twice the price that I had to pay four years ago. And now I'm getting motors that don't even work. I have to send them back. And my customers on the other end get mad because they're having to wait. But that is all across this country today. Dana was in the hospital this past week. We got in the emergency room. We went through the triage or whatever. That, is that right? Went through the triage and you need this. We're going to admit you into the hospital. But you're going to have to wait till we get a room available. 
don't believe that lie. When we finally got up on them floors, I walked by room after room after room that was empty. They want no patients in there. They didn't have enough nurses to keep the place operating. That's the reason, ladies and gentlemen. It's a lack of nurses in this country because your president, Joe Biden, forced our nurses to take a shot that they didn't want to take that was unsafe took away their right to decide whether they want to take a shot or not, and they quit their job. Now we have a nurse shortage in this country. And folks are dying today. You can't get in the hospital because of a nurse shortage, not because they ain't got enough room. Don't listen to the media and say, oh, folks are so sick to wear a mask, do this, do that. The hospitals is full. Yeah, they are because they ain't got enough nurses. It ain't because they ain't got enough room. Go ahead, 252-299-4234. Go ahead. Leave a message. I'm telling you the truth. That's where we're coming to in this country if we don't get out to the polls and vote right. It was so bad in Samaria that they were eating their own children. Look in verse 28, 2 Kings 6, verse 28. These two women made an agreement. Give your son and we'll eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat my son. How twisted is that? How sick is that? How perverted is that? A mind that even would suggest such a thing. What mind would even suggest today that a child have the right to decide to have a sex change? What mind would even suggest such a sick, perverted, twisted thing? Their minds are not even fully developed yet. They're not capable of making such a decision as that. A life-changing decision. And they'll never be the same again once they give in to this wickedness. Yet our brilliant President Joe Biden is pushing such policies today. It's sick. The public school system in America today has become a boiling pot of sin and wickedness and iniquity. The Bible says, if you look there in verse 29, that they boiled one of those boys and they ate him. Our kids are being sent into a pressure cooker of filth and immorality every day. They're being indoctrinated with teachings that go against the Word of God, thereby damning their eternal souls to hell. Drag queens are allowed into the classroom to teach our kids sex education, but nobody can go in there and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary to save their soul. They're only allowed in there if they're going to put Jesus Christ down. Boiling pot. Our kids are literally being eaten alive today with sin. Nothing's wrong anymore. 
And if you'll look there in the latter part of verse 29, 2 Kings 6, verse 29, the next day, the woman who suggested to do this thing, she refused to give her son and hid him. Some of the main ones that are pushing these agendas in the public schools are sending their kids to private schools because the public schools have become so dangerous now. We got to have metal detectors and police officers and all this kind of stuff. Our teachers are getting very little pay to work in the in, in, in the classroom, the dangerous conditions that they have to work in today. Some of these kids will kill you and not even think twice about it. Eating up with sin. These women made this agreement to eat their children to satisfy the desires of their own flesh. Now, did you hear what I said? Let me say this again. Those two women made this agreement to satisfy the desires, the lust of their own flesh. We cannot even begin to comprehend the horror of such a thing. We look at our educated, civilized society today and we say, well, we'd never do such a thing. Oh, but we have and we are doing it. Millions of little babies have been aborted in the womb to satisfy the desires of the flesh. Say whatever you want to say. Call it a fetus. Call it this. Call it that. A, a woman's right to choose. You are murdering a little baby. You are boiling your child and you are eating him because of your lust. And if you have participated in such a horrible thing, young lady, and you have aborted your child, let me say this. God loves you and God will forgive you if you'll go to Him and ask Him to forgive you. God will wash you and cleanse you of that horrible sin. And He will take care of the bruise that is upon your soul because of your actions. How many women today have had abortions and they have nightmares because of this of which they have partaken of and participated in? Millions of babies have been murdered since 1972. We voted people into office who had borrowed money from our children's future. Are you hearing me? Our children, great-grandchildren, great-great-great-grandchildren's future has been destroyed to satisfy the desires of the flesh. Our national debt right now is $31.5 trillion. You think of that. Our minds can't comprehend. $31.5 trillion that we have borrowed from our children's future. Why? To satisfy the desires of our own flesh. My friend, we are eating our children today. 
And it's gross. It's disgusting. Brother, I've never heard such a sermon in all my life. And you're bringing it down to me. I hope and pray to God I am bringing it down to you today. Because we need to stop being a dad now while we've got the chance. While we've still got the power right now to go to the polls and vote out the filth and the agendas that are killing our children and killing this country today. Go to the polls and vote. But go to that altar and get down on your knees and seek God and pray for God to have mercy on our country today. We're eating our children. $31.5 trillion. Let me put that into perspective for you this morning. One million seconds ago, that was 11 days ago. It doesn't seem like that long, but it was. One million seconds ago was 11 days ago. One billion seconds ago was 31 years ago. As of right now, that would have been 1992. One billion seconds ago was 31 years ago. One trillion seconds ago was 31,710 years ago. One trillion seconds ago. A little bitty space of time that we take for granted every day. One trillion seconds ago would have been 31,710 years ago. And today, the leaders that we have voted into office have allowed the national debt of this country to reach $31.5 trillion. No matter how you want to cut it up with Brother James, COVID this, and we had this, and had that, and we had this war, and had that war. And, and you, can, you can give all the excuses you want to give, but that money was borrowed from our children's future to satisfy the desires of our flesh, and we voted them in. Put the blame where the blame is to be. And unless there is a change in the upcoming election, you're voting to do the same thing again. And we are no different than these two women who suggested to offer up their children and put them in a boiling pot and eat them. Now let me bring it down to the church. When the church refuses to preach against sin and offer up the cross of Christ as the answer to the sin problem, we are offering up our children and we're putting them in a boiling pot. And we're eating our children today. Look around. Where are our children today? In the church house. They're at Walmart. They're at the gaming store. They're here. They're there. They're everywhere. But they're not in God's house. 
God help us today. Eating our own children. Our children will never pay off this debt. We've given our children over to satisfy the desires of the flesh. Today, in 2023, our country celebrates Gay Pride Month. How long before we celebrate Pedophilia Month? It'll never happen, Brother James. We never thought we'd see the day that we're living in right now. And my friend, we're here. We are here. Jehoram. 2 Kings 6, verse 31. Wanted to cut off the head of Elisha. He blamed God. My friend, God's not to blame. It was his father Ahab who disobeyed God and spared Benadad and made a covenant with him to satisfy the desires of his flesh. Our country blames God today as well. Are you hearing me? The suicide rate among homosexuals is higher than any other class of people on the planet. And psychology blames the Bible for this. They claim that it makes homosexuals feel guilty. The Bible doesn't make them feel guilty. It only points out what is there. The Bible points out what we are. And we are all sinners that need to repent. And unless repentance is forthcoming, we're all going to hell. All of mankind is guilty before God because of sin. That's why Adam and Eve, they hid themselves from God in that garden, hiding behind trees. And today, in this modern society, we hide behind the trees of modern psychology because of the guilt. But yet we want to blame God. We want to blame the Bible. If the Bible didn't say this and the Bible didn't say that, I wouldn't feel guilty. But the Bible's only pointing out the truth of what we really are. And we are guilty before God. There are powerful forces at work in this country today that want to remove the Bible altogether. They want to pass laws making it illegal for you and I to share our faith with others. Some time ago, in the state of Utah... They passed a law banning all pornographic and other materials that were deemed indecent from the elementary school libraries. Now that sounds good. But they also removed the Holy Bible from the bookshelves because one parent filed a complaint and said that it was unfit for their kids to be reading it. You think of that. How sick is that? How perverted is that when the Bible is classified in the same category as pornographic material? At a gay pride event some time ago, a man walked up to a police officer and asked if it was okay to expose himself in public. The officer said yes. 
You can expose yourself under certain conditions, and, 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 and I will spare you the details. And at this particular gay pride event, men were walking around out there naked before women and children. It was allowed, it was permitted under certain conditions. My friend, it shouldn't have been allowed under any conditions. But that's where we're at in this country today. How long will it be before we pull the lid completely off? They were walking around naked out there in front of women and children. And nothing was done about it. But yet right across the street... A young man opened up his Bible and began to read Scripture, and the police officers came up and put the handcuffs on him and carried him to jail because he was disrupting a public event. You think of that. How twisted is that, ladies and gentlemen? Evil, wicked. They tell us today, psychology tells us today that homosexuals were born that way. My friend, it won't too long ago that they classified homosexuality as a mental disease. But now they're telling us that they were born that way. No, my friend, they were not born that way. Homosexuality is a choice of lifestyle that they choose to engage themselves in. Homosexuals born that way. That's a lie. It won't be long, mark my words, it won't be long before pedophiles start claiming the same thing. Are you hearing me? They were born that way, and therefore they have the right to our children, and our children have the right to choose your little 10-year-old girl can choose to be with a 40, 50-year-old man. Think of that. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming if the church don't stand up and realize the horrors that are taking place in our country today. We're offering up our children and putting them in the boiling pot because we refuse to take a stand against sin and proclaim the cross of Jesus Christ as the only answer to the sin issue. God help us today. God give us preachers today with a backbone that'll shell it down and tell it like it is. It's coming, folks. Folks, if we don't start standing up and preaching against these things, these evil, wicked, ungodly things, thereby cutting off the head of Benadad. Are you hearing me? Spiritually speaking, we got to do this now while we still have the power to do so. If we don't take a stand now and start seeking God and doing our part to get the gospel out, my friend, you and I are no different than the two women who made an agreement to eat their own children.
program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.